0: think about you all the time It's like you got a hold of mine My heart, affection, lose Connection, connection. don't say goodbye Cause I don't think that I...
1: Hi everybody, today's guest is singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Rosie Freider-Taylor from London, England Rosie and I dissect her 2021 single, Think About You From her upcoming album, Bloom Rosie was brought to my attention by my producer Chris And we truly believe that she is going to be a super well-known artist in the future That we can proudly say We had her on the show before she was a household name Throughout the conversation I was continually floored By the thought process that goes into Rosie's songwriting And how she conveys that to the other musicians she's working with in the studio To achieve exactly what she's hearing in her head Rosie mentioned that she comes from a musical household Something I can very much relate to and how that has shaped her as a songwriter. And she talks about a trip to Germany that sparked the initial idea via a voice memo on her phone for Think About You. For all this and much more, don't touch that dial. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Well, hello there, Rosie. How are you?
2: I'm very well. Thank you for having me, Chris, on your wonderful podcast. I'm excited.
1: I am excited, and uh, as we were chatting off uh, off recording here a moment ago, uh, you mentioned that your uh, your mom made you some soup uh, and a vegetable soup, but your dad just brought it into the room to you. It looks delicious, and Chris and I, my producer, are envious. So we hope you enjoy your soup. <laughs>
2: Uh, you can't have a, a deep-dive songwriting podcast without some very delicious soup to go with it. So,
1: <laughs> I, I think tea would be a little more English, but we'll go with soup. We'll go with soup. Soup,
2: there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I want to set this up a little bit, Rosie. You know, Chris and I, our producer for the show here, we get a lot of things that come across our desk. Lots of emails, uh, different publicists and managers that want us to to feature their artist. Uh, a lot of the people that have been on on the show are, are friends of mine. I've been in the business for for almost thirty years, and uh, these these friends of mine come on and they've had songs that have you know sometimes been around for ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty years, and we can we can talk about them. In your case, you're a newer artist. Not many people have have been exposed to you, and we, we got. Uh, the email from your management. And Chris and I were absolutely floored. You know, we did an earlier episode last year uh, of an unknown artist uh, in Pittsburgh. And we feel that we just want to, you know, sometimes feature some lesser known people. But in your case, we just feel like we found a superstar before you're a superstar. You, oh, your, your sound <laughs> is just i can 't believe and I, I I hate to bring up age because i don 't mean it condescending i can 't believe the material that you 're writing as a twenty one year old person It is just i don 't know i don 't know where it comes from and you know, you've obviously been around a studio. I know a lot of studio trickery. You know, if I want to make a rap, a funny rap song, I could I could make it and kind of fool you and make it kind of sound like a rap song. Or if I wanted to do a metal <laughs> song, I could I could use some different effects and make it. I couldn't even begin to try to emulate what you do. It is just it's part jazz. It's part folk, it's part pop, it's part soul, and it just comes from a place that I don't know what you want to call it. God given. You you didn't take lessons to do what you do, and I I, I can't I can't say enough about it. It's it's amazing. So uh, congratulations on uh, the success that you have had. And like I said, I think that uh, I think you're going to be a, a household name one of these days. Glad and I'm, help. I'm
2: oh man, thank you so much. I mean yeah you've sort of you've got the music in a nutshell there with with the folk and the pop and the jazz and the soul um yeah I mean that's that's so kind of you it's uh yeah to to hear hear that um because you know I put I put my heart into this music and um it means it does mean a lot you know it means a lot so thank
1: you. Well, like I said, you this isn't something that you went down the road and took a couple of lessons from your neighbor and and started playing. <laughs> I I'm watching you play these videos and playing guitar and you're doing these runs and these jazzy things on the guitar and you're singing a counter melody to that and I just I can't wrap my head around it. I I could take lessons and and not be able to do it. Like I said, this is something inside you that you were born with. It's a gift and it's it's really cool. You released a a self produced record in 2018. Uh, called On My Mind, and your new album uh, is coming out uh, soon called Bloom. Was the new record self-produced as well?
2: The new record is completely, well, almost completely self-produced bar two tracks. So there's 12 tracks on the album, and I worked with a couple of London-based producers uh, for those ones. But in terms of the writing, it's, it's all mine and the majority of the production, yeah. And on the, on the one we're, we're going to discuss today, uh, that's that is self-produced, yes.
1: Typically again a lot of my guests uh, have been around for for a number of years or I know them and we just you know we'll we'll talk for a little bit and we'll just deep dive into the song. In your case if you don't mind uh you know cuz I typically don't like to treat this like an interview. I like to you know have it be centric around the song. But in this case I I'd, I'd like to get a little background if you don't mind. I know that you uh, are in your final year studying jazz guitar at the Royal Academy of Music. So mm-hmm. and, and and we'll get there in a moment but Let's back up. What are what are some of your earliest memories uh, of music?
2: So I have. A, I'm in the fortunate position of having a musical family, musical parents. So you on the first record and on this record as well. I work quite closely with my dad, who's a, who plays drums on the record, and also my mum is a singer. So they are uh, have quite eclectic tastes in music. So. There's there's definitely memories of being introduced to a lot of what some people might consider niche music, you know, around the house like when they when they're cooking and stuff. So those are probably my earliest memories just like hearing that music and there's some great like home footage of me like my dad just holding me on on his lap and I'm I'm like playing his drums and like whacking it really hard <laughs> and they're like oh my god don't don't hurt yourself but I'm like really going for it. Yeah, and then I I really started uh, playing myself uh, when I was about seven or eight. So I started taking drum lessons from from my dad and um, then I picked up the guitar a uh, similar time and I, I sort of had those two going on a little bit. I started taking, taking some lessons in guitar um, and they were really sort of just working simultaneously. For a long time, till I was in my early teens, I was very much drummer slash guitarist and that was like what I was really into I guess in terms of songwriting um I've been through a few phases of that as well so I I had like a little kid band with a couple of friends of mine and um called Flamin' Hot best band name (laughs) I like
1: it I like it I like it
2: and at the time it was very much like quite cheesy distortion on the guitar and like Avril Lavigne was my my little my little kind of guitar icon being a obviously being a woman as well I was like ah <laughs> um yeah so so I had that and then a little bit later on in my early teens I started checking out um a lot of an artist called Ben Howard darling you
0: with me always around me only love, only love. Darling, I feel you.
2: I don't know if you guys have him or are into him in America but um in the UK he's fairly he's fairly well known and uh, he's insane guitarist in terms of like arranging his parts for guitar and also his his songwriting um so his album Every Kingdom was a big influence for me in terms of getting into songwriting properly yeah so that's sort of the background I guess <laughs>
1: and it was interesting you mentioned that your parents are musical because mine are too I come from a musical family my earliest memories were in nightclubs and bars with my, my father I know people on the show have heard me talk about that before I've always wondered where does it start you know what if your parents weren't musical were you the first one that had this gift and maybe you'll pass it on to if you ever have children someday it's it's, it's really interesting how that <laughs> how that go how that goes about and how it how it's hereditary and that that type of uh, talent gets passed on through the genes.
2: It's super interesting i i know so many people as well who don't have musical parents and who are insanely talented musicians and songwriters yeah. and you know so on you comment initially on how how young i am to have made uh, this album the way it sounds um i get that comment quite a lot and i think it is because i've i've been fortunate enough to have that sort of like that the folk and the jazz and the and the pop and the uh, world music which isn't typically what what the first sorts of genres you would listen to would be. So I was like, I was fifteen, and I was like walking to school, and I I had like Al Jiro going on in my headphones. <laughs> and um, and it's like you you play that to someone in your in your class, and they're like, this is not, you know, this is not. <laughs> Well, I'm listening to you, so I guess that's maybe the benefit of it.
1: I'm not surprised that people have told you what I said. They can't believe that you're that young. And I, again, I didn't mean it condescending. I know you didn't take it that way, and I'm glad you didn't, because it's just, you know, a lot of times artists are, will start out pop. That's what they grew up with. They heard on the radio. They'll make a record 18, 19, 20. It isn't until they're in their 30s, late 30s, 40s, where they all of a sudden make this jazz record or make this record, you know, and, and the fact that you're, you're doing this sound that just... I, I, I can't believe it that you know when I when I listen to it the the maturity of it it's, it's a it's a different level and it's it's very very cool. So, do you remember the first song you ever wrote and, and what it was called?
2: So, I, I'm going to skip the initial like flaming hot repertoire because i even though they were <laughs> there were some hits there, um, <laughs> I, and I'll go with the the first song I ever wrote for my. Uh, you know, that I released into the world was on my last album and it's called uh, Lullaby.
0: I cry for dreams Show to me, oh, so monstrous things Oh, 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 it's time to sleep
2: First project I ever worked on um, in terms of like music production and uh it was sort of it was mainly just an experiment really to because I, I sort of had this idea that I maybe wanted to try and record some stuff uh, and I'd recorded like some versions of covers that I loved, one being like um Katie Tunstall's uh, Big Black Horse and the Cherry
0: Tree. When the big black car said, this you
2: Which will forever be one of my favourite tracks. I think it's a great track. And um, so it was me sort of branching out into doing my own stuff on Cubase. Um, and yeah, that was, I mean, that was very much me sort of bringing together... Uh, i guess maybe the earlier ben howard the influence stuff with my later jazz uh influence uh, which came when i was about 16 or 17 so i wrote that song when i was about 16 um Lullaby and
1: uh, yeah. Well, you know this track we're going to talk about, "Think About You" from the new record, "Bloom." You had mentioned that your dad plays uh, the drums. I can hear the jazz influence. It, it, yeah, the, he's a jazz drummer. It's just it's it's apparent. Who else played on the record? Did you play all the guitars, or did you have other studio studio music? And the recording sounds fantastic, by the way.
2: thank you so much Um, that means a lot it's it's, you know taking on the burden of recording an album yourself it's a bit of a a process and a journey you can get madly perfectionistic about it so yeah I appreciate that but um, yeah in terms of on the album I have so I'm at the academy I have a lot of friends um, who are who are great musicians so uh, I had a friend called seth takberry he 's plays bass in my year. he plays a lot of the electric and um you 'll hear the the acoustic bass, so double bass on some of the tracks, which wasn 't something I did on my old album it 's something i 've gone into on this album and who else another bass player I work with called hugo piper he 's on um Better Days, which is another single I released and who else so it 's my dad doing the drums and then i 've had a few few keys players on the album um a really cool producer actually called Chris Hyson. He plays piano on a few tracks and it's really beautifully uh, sort of like soundscapes sort of stuff. And who else have I got?
1: Did Chris co-produce the record with you or, or is no, he, he,
2: he, co- did he just play it on? Uh, well, he, he produced one of the tracks on the album. But, okay. he, but for all the other ones he's on, it's just um, me. I was like, I love your piano playing. Can you please... Play on this track of mine. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's it really for the the people on the album. I hope I haven't missed anyone. No.
1: <laughs> okay. And outside of your your uh, home city of London, have you? Uh, I'm sure you played across the UK. Have you been outside of the UK at all to to play any shows?
2: Last year, I I was actually super fortunate. I did a tour uh, with um, some German musicians who I met. They did a show here, and I I went to the show, and then we sort of got talking, and I went and I ended up touring with them for a, uh, a few dates in Germany. Yeah, we played uh, we played a show in Berlin, which was really nice, and they they were so so nice, so keen. They they just I arrived and they'd learned all my music, and it was um, yeah. So I just sort of and they, they got me this guitar, really nice guitar. Actually, funny story. They they uh, gave me a, a Gibson Les Paul Studio. Which I loved so much, I went away when I came home and I bought my own one. So
3: That's great.
1: Um,
2: yeah, so Germany, where else have I played? I played, um, I did a show in Norway, which was nice.
1: And how's the audience response been?
2: Well, abroad.
1: Or just in general. I mean, at, at home. You know, how, how are your, your, your shows attended? And how's the response in the UK?
2: <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, I've done a lot of these sort of um, jazz venues, jazzier venues around London and uh, around the uk um because that's sort of my my roots and i think something about the music is uh it, you know sometimes someone with a jazzier ear can maybe hear some of the subtlety in the music so they send they tend to um enjoy that sort of crowd of people and i guess it's where i come from as well so i have a strong grounding in jazz so i've done a lot of jazz venues and yeah i guess it's uh i've been i've been trying to gig as much as i can it's 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 a big learning experience, really, and it's sort of taken my musicianship to the next level, playing in front of an audience. I mean, I, I think they like it. I, I hope they do. <laughs>
1: well, I, can't, I I imagine they do like it. I, I'm, I'm almost positive of that. Tell us a little bit before we get into the song here about studying jazz and how that's been and how that's influenced your songwriting, because I find that really cool.
2: Studying jazz, it's, it's been a process because... I started studying when I was about 16, Um, fortunate enough to be in London where there's a whole array of youth jazz uh, organisations so I've been a part of the National Youth Jazz Orchestra, um, Tomorrow's Warriors, uh, the Junior Royal Academy and so I really started getting my ear into that sound fairly young, and learning standards, and sort of just approaching it with the idea of being a a jazz guitarist. Um, that mm-hmm. was that was what I initially saw myself doing. And so I was getting a lot of it, it enabled me to get a lot of things together to to well to to solo, I guess, in a way which uh, a lot of uh, maybe popular guitarists aren't able to because they haven't had that. That grounding yeah and I think it's 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 sort of it, it opens your ear up a lot and I've listened and I've played a whole array of different kinds of music and harmony and I guess it, it enables you to to choose pick and choose what you like and what you don't like and take different things and I think because um, because jazz is such a, a varied music it's it's given me a lot of uh musical palettes to draw from when I write I guess
1: well, I, I, it's interesting because I can hear the influence in your harmonies and even in the musical, the, the chordal structure in terms of, you know, listening to the song, even the poppier parts of the song have just this influx of jazz here or there where it doesn't sound like a normal poppy song.
2: When you comment on that, to me, that that is completely natural to me now because I've been playing jazz and jazzier musics for like so long. It's, sort of, it's not even an intentional thing anymore, just that sort of uh, jazzy flavor. It's more just ingrained into me to approach uh, playing a note or playing a chord or playing a rhythm in a certain way, I guess.
3: Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King, in off-road minivan. Every week, I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound
2: Talent Media. Yeah.
1: So getting into the track, uh, Think About You, uh, which was uh, released on January 27th, uh, the song is four minutes and 35 seconds long, and it just, you don't even mess around, it just, <laughs> your, your, your beautiful voice, boom, right off the top, the vocals just come right in with only guitar, and uh, I'm going to set up this first verse, and I'd, I'd like you to, to talk about it with us. Uh, I think about you all the time, it's like you've got a hold of my, my heart, affection, lose, connection. Say goodbye cuz I don't think that I can perfection need protection if i hold too tight you better put me right my reflection lose connection oh just tell me why
0: so what? So what's this about? It sounds, sounds a little bit depressing
2: when you put it like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've had people people say that when they get their their lyrics uh, read back to them, it's a strange know, thing. It's
2: like, oh god, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, what, what, well,
1: what's what what's what's going on here?
2: So I guess it's it's maybe makes more sense uh, chronologically to to say that I I first came up with the chorus lyrics and melody. And um, that sort of set the tone of the track being like, so the first line of the chorus is, even though I'm with you all the time, sort of sets up this notion of like, uh, sort of being a bit obsessed with someone. And I was in a relationship at the time of writing this and it sort of speaks to, uh, it's fundamentally a song about insecurity and how you know on the surface it might it might feel like you're in love and it's a sort of a good thing that you're this obsessed with with someone but um going deeper it's sort of like you know so so the final line of that is like just tell me it'll be all right you know so when i when i write it's it's sort of i try and be i try to be so like pretty um, metaphorical and and so like have sort of multiple meanings in my in my lyrics so i, I cuz i like the idea that a, a song can be what's the listener makes it and it can appeal to to different listeners um, or, or my my so-called wisdom can appeal to to different <laughs> listeners <laughs> but um for me it's it's basically about being insecure in a relationship with someone yeah
1: <laughs> okay okay well that's uh cool that you can express that vulnerability do you usually write lyrics first or the chords first in the melody how how and how did this song come about
2: so this one uh, is a bit of a maverick. Uh, this, this song actually uh, sprouted from a, a voice note. So when I was, I spoke earlier about being on tour, when I was on, on tour in Germany, um, this, this melody, the chorus melody just came to me and I ended up recording it as a voice note entitled Slow Jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it started melody first, which is quite uncommon for me. I'm normally, as you might be able to guess, a harmony, harmony gal, uh-huh. harmonic gal um, at heart. Because you know, I love, I love jazz harmony. I love complex harmony. But yeah, this is, um, and this is potentially why the track has a poppier flavour to it because I started with um, that voice note, and I knew when I uh, was singing it uh, that I wanted it to have sort of a deep. Groove, so like a really heavy groove. Yeah, so that that's how that started, and that is how I uh, came up with the chorus melody, and then I obviously harmonised the chorus melody using my sort of complex, uh you know, the sounds that I love in my head.
0: Even
2: <laughs> well, that was
1: that was another question. Did you provide all the vocals on this? Is that all you?
2: In terms of the performance,
1: well, I, in, in the backing vocals, and it was was there any other vocalist that sang on this song? It sounds like it's all you to me. Yeah, no,
2: it's it's all me on this. It's song. all you. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. So we get up to the uh, line "say goodbye" here in the verse, and there's three bass and drum hits, and I, in my notes I wrote dun 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 dun. dun. It just mm-hmm. comes in. It just adds this cool little little flavor there for a second. And then on the word protection, about halfway through the verse, the band comes in. Mm. And on the next line, if I hold too tight, there's where the oohs come in.
0: Ride. You better put me right my reflection, reflection.
1: doesn't follow your typical... (laughs) uh you know rhyme or reason of us of, a, of, a, of where you place them they are just uniquely placed and they and they they work perfectly together i also noticed that sometimes uh depending and and, and again the recording's really cool it'll be panned off to the right or the left on certain words it, it almost sounds like you're, you're singing in unison on one word t- together but it's like a little breathier than your lead vocal so it adds mm. this just just this kind of ping-pong thing with with my ears it's just wow. a really,
2: you really have great neat- ears <laughs> that was Okay. That was actually completely intentional in terms of the 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 second uh like doubled lead vocal. Um
1: Yeah, it, it it's such a great texture. Like did you come up with that or did somebody else or Yeah, no uh, that, no that, so it's
2: it's it's all, all these ideas are mine, so I'm so I'm so pleased that you like them. But yeah, it's it's completely not uh uh an obvious uh pop song or arrangement and that sort of stems from this this whole thing we, we were talking about, of just musical surprises, trying to surprise the listener.
0: And
1: again, I, I want to stop myself, and I'm going to apologize. I am almost throwing this at you like there had to be someone else in the room that came up with these parts. You couldn't possibly, <laughs> at your age, come up with this. But it's just, it's mind-blowing. I mean that with... Complete sincerity. It's just you thought of that. You thought of doing those vocals like that. It's so cool <laughs> that the I, I I'll, I'll use the word again. The, the the it just provides this this texture that's really that works works amazing in the track. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I mean, I, I guess maybe maybe I can try and shed some light on on that process. I, I guess um, I so. I tend to build the tracks in a very uh, specific way. So I'll 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 start with guitars. So you obviously have the main guitar part going on there, and then quite often I'll double that guitar with uh, a, either a different instrument or the same guitar to give it that that texture, um, and then I'll I'll sort of uh, I'll add a lead vocal over the top or an idea, and then sort of once I have the meat of the the part, I sort of uh, that's when my creativity tends to go a bit a bit mental, and um, <laughs> and because I. I mean, you'll be able to hear uh, if you've checked out the album just h- quite how layered everything is, and that is my—that is what I love. I love the ability to layer things, to build tension, and to to create harmonies which you wouldn't be able to play normally with just five fingers. Um, and so that is that is what I'll do with a with a track, and um, I'll add more guitar parts. And then with the BVs, I tend to add those last as a sort of final flavor, trying to find the spaces in the track and the you know where they can uh, pronounce things that i would like to be pronounced um yeah, maybe that sheds some light on it.
1: <laughs> it. It does shed light, and you're the first person on the show to say BVs. And for our listeners, she means background vocals. But I like that. Oh
0: so. God, is that just? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, I knew. What I you, actually, I knew it. I knew what you meant. But you know, some of my listeners, I I want to keep them in the know of our of our of our lingo here as artists, Rosie. You know,
2: it's fu- it's actually really funny you say that. Like, because uh, I've i I've working with my manager for the past <laughs> eight or nine months recently, and he's he's got all of the marketing phrases that he'll that he'll come out with and he'll um yeah and i I find myself saying this stuff now because he i'm just so used to him like talking to me about dsps and and whatever yeah and i sometimes i hear myself and i'm like oh my goodness me
1: no it's great no but (laughs) your but but your bvs your background vocals i i tried wrapping my head around them i i just it's a different a different way of thinking, a different way of writing. What you're doing is very unique and very cool. I love the nine second musical interlude, I'm calling it here. It's almost like a pre-chorus with no vocals that happens. It's these jazzy drums before we get to the first chorus and the guitars are just really interesting here and it almost sounds like if If you put huge, big, heavy guitars and heavy drums, like some like progressive metal bands like, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dream theater and some of these bands, that's what I was hearing when I heard this part. I was like, wow, <laughs> it's it, it it it's not supposed to be heavy this part, but to me, it hits me heavy before it sets up for this chorus and everything drops out, and it's this single, note, guitar part, that your melody is following on that first line even though, even though I'm with you all the time that is awesome was that always written like that or was it like in the later chorus in the song where it's full band
2: so I I, I mean the melody came first and that's actually really interesting can I even remember how I came up with that I think it, it was potentially a thing of like I was I was trying to, because occasionally when I when I can't, uh, just so I remember things, I'll memorise the, the shape and the pattern on the guitar so I can go back to it, like if I need to remember a BV line. And I think uh-huh. I was potentially at the time just trying to remember the melody and the rhythm I was singing. <laughs> and then I think I thought, oh, wow, that actually sounds really cool. Singing and playing that line in unison, it adds a really nice tension and release to the piece. Um, it, and so it, I, think it, I kept it in.
1: <laughs> it is awesome. But a lot of times, as younger songwriters, or when you're kids and you're in your first band, I, I was guilty of it. Where you realize the melody you're singing is what the guitar's doing because you're young and you don't know, and it's kind of, for lack of a better word, you're almost lazy. This, it just. It works perfectly, and like you said, it's in unison with the vocal. It's really cool. The next line is, and again, I'll, I'll do the first line in the chorus, even though I'm with you all the time. That's with the single guitar notes. Uh, everything I do, yeah, you're always on my mind. In every part of me, oh, just tell me it will be all right. And on that line, again, you got the single guitar notes that are doing the melody. And then we get five na-na-na's. Eight na na na's, and then five more na na na's at the end of the chorus that are just placed perfectly. And throughout this chorus, there's your background ooze that are happening sporadically, and they're just kind of floating around the whole thing. if you could lyrically set up the uh, chorus for us
2: it's a similar idea to exactly what i was talking about it's all following that same idea of um feeling all consumed by by a person and then maybe maybe even losing touch of um of who you are and yes I mean that that's just the theme that that follows throughout throughout the lyrics I guess but um in terms of the the na na na's that they were actually you might be interested to know that they were actually supposed to be lyrics but then obviously I I sang it like that and then I think I played it to to my mum and she was like no no leave those in (laughs)
1: It's been Um, a great debate on the show. You know, my band, I've done so many na-na-na's and someone actually just compiled a funny video at our Facebook group and put it on because we had an artist on here that said na-na-na's are just lazy. People don't want to write lyrics. Uh, another thing I'm not a fan of is uh, like when songwriters uh, go la 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 la, la 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 or na 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 na, you know, I've just like it's so fucking lazy to you know just sing na 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 or fa la la and you know I've 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 never really liked doing that. Yeah, so, Journey made a career out of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of people do it and, and in the context of what he was talking about on the show, I agreed with him, and then someone put this video up of, like, 50 songs that I sing na-na-nazen, you know, kind of, kind of as, as a jab at me. Sometimes they just work. And mm-hmm. if you try to recreate what you did there with the feeling and the emotion lyrically, and I think that's what your mom was saying, right?
2: Exactly, yeah. I think that the chorus as well is a really, really speaks to me, my love of reharming and harmonising melodies, which, which is something I'm, I'd love to do more of, especially as I'm going into the writing of my third album, which is, you know, a long time in the future at the minute. It's just uh, thinking about different songwriting processes and starting with the melody more, just because I love the process of harmonising and re a, me- a melody. Um, and in, in terms of the chorus for Think About You you've got these super simple chords first time round but then as we go into the Na 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 section you've got a more complicated jazzy yes. harmony going on there. I, I would also it, uh, I don't know if you know someone called Lewis Taylor. He's sort of a cult I don't. Cult singer songwriter artist who gave up gave up music ridiculously young for some unknown reason um, Ooh, you stop. But yeah, he's, he's a big influence for this track, and I was sort of subliminally had him in mind when I was writing the chords for the chorus there. Yeah.
1: Well, we come out of chorus number one, and it's straight into verse two, and the whole band is in at the top of this verse. It's not like the first verse where you come in with a guitar and vocal. And the lyric is, uh, thinking about another life, I think about you day and night. Right? Direction? No. Objection. I'm a little shy, but in time I will arrive learning lessons speak confessions if i don't know why i find it hard to classify stolen moments owed emotions it'll be all right there's some deep stuff there
2: for me the the line that that i was i was really pleased with when i came up with it so songwriters do do have those lines Uh those
1: those moments of course you're like i think that's brilliant
2: yeah (laughs) I mean, like the whole uh, sto- stolen moments, owed emotions. I think there's something about the uh, pronunciation of those words there, which I find really satisfying, and I think it sort of summarizes the song, really, in just that that one that one line sort of um, this, this idea of uh, expecting something from someone and then uh, expecting time from someone, and and then like it's followed with with the it'll be alright sort of me reassuring myself maybe even doubting myself that that i'm i'm sort of rec- recognizing certain problems but you know it's uh you know it will be all right that sort of idea
0: yes, old, emotions it'll be all right
1: Okay, I'll tell you the line I like too is, uh, again, it's that vulnerability, putting yourself out there. It's a, I'm a little shy, but in time, I will arrive. Have you you arrived?
2: (laughs) Well, I guess maybe in a different sense, who knows, but... um, Yeah, it's it is it's interesting. I'm because I'm quite a private person emotionally, but then um, a comment I get a lot about the songwriting is just how honest it is. And yeah, um, that's
1: the, that's that's exactly how I'm reading this. It fe- it, fe- it feels and it sounds honest.
2: So I, I guess it is. It does work as a certain certain kind of therapy for me to to get these uh, these strange thoughts going on in my head out onto paper. And um, yeah, so I guess that line speaks to to me feeling you know quite feeling like I'm quite a guarded private person (laughs) yeah and but in time I will arrive
1: (laughs) I love that line and something I meant to ask you a moment ago and I forgot so when you're doing these these background vocals and these counter melodies and these just jazzy notes and things you're doing are these already orchestrated in your head pretty much you know the the blueprint when you go into the studio or are these something you kind of you know, do a couple of different takes and figure out what works when you're when you're under the microscope, so to speak.
2: For me, like the the project, so the Pro Tools project that I'm on, that I start on is is just that's it. So that that is the final version. So it basically goes from demo to final version, all on the same project. I, so everything I record will stay in one place. Um, in terms of coming up with with parts, I guess it's some sometimes it's sort of like an inner sense for for what for what will work um and sometimes you know i I'll always follow those ideas through because I think it's necessary to to do that you know necessary to hear your ideas in context um and normally i i have to say like i i'm quite i i'm definitely a person of you know don't overthink what you're doing when you're when you're writing um because often that, that instinct you have is is, is really valuable, especially like have, being in the fortunate position of listening to so much great music. Um, it's quite it's a subconscious thing for me, I, I find. Um, but yeah, obviously, I mean, obviously, if, if I, I if I think something's rubbish, I'll read I'll redo it with a different idea. But, <laughs> but
1: <laughs> no, of, of course, I'm just I just again without sounding like I'm, uh, I'll just say it. There's you're a natural. And it's evident from just watching you play and sing. It's just a talent that's inside of you. So I'm just wondering how much of this you have to actually go in and and, and do. But, you know, you had mentioned something interesting that that basically when you start a session in in Pro Tools, that's the recording medium that you use, and you set it up and that working demo ends up becoming the, the finished track. So there's ideas that come from initially and you might go, you know, that, that backing vocal could be a little different. You'll change it, but it's, it's all still within the same session that you initially started.
2: Yeah, I mean, recording and, and producing is, is such an accessible activity these days. I mean, anyone can, anyone can do it. It's, um, uh-huh. And for me, I, I wouldn't really differentiate it from the songwriting process itself because, that, because the layering, this idea of layering, is part of the songwriting to me. And so it doesn't really make sense to me, at least, to to record it everything, <laughs> and then re-record it. But um, at least not not for this body, a particular body of work. But um, which you, also yeah. lends
1: itself to what you're saying, though. I mean, the ideas mm. in your head when you when you put them down, those are the ideas. You're not changing too much too much of them. And you know, I think. I, I could speak for myself and, and most artists that I know, like they, they put the idea down and they really, really start to change it. And, and other people just have this vision from the get go. That sounds like what you have, you put it down and you're off and running. And that's, that's amazing. After the uh, verse number two, we go into that same nine second musical interlude with those J. Ja- I love the way your dad plays drums, by the way, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, like I said, this part isn't intentionally, I'm using the word heavy, but this part just, just lifts.
2: Well, you'll be interested to know, actually, that I, <laughs> I, I actually told him what to play. So I played the drums for him, <laughs> and I recorded it. And because I'm, I'm a little bit rusty, he wrote out a drum part for himself based on what I played. Um, so whilst a lot of the the jazzier sort of inflections are his ideas, so you, when we get to the bridge later on, that drum beat there was my my drum beat. So I don't I don't often do that, but for this track, I had a very specific deeply groovy idea in mind so yeah i'll let him
1: know though that's just great you you make music with your father i think that's awesome (laughs) we come into chorus two which is the same as chorus one uh same lyrics Uh, even though i'm with you all the time everything i do yeah you're always on my mind in every part of me oh just tell me it will be all right and then you get into the na-na's and then we come in to a 30 second guitar solo It's. I don't know if the, I know. It sounds acoustic. Are those nylon strings on that acoustic, or no?
2: They're they're super thin acoustic strings, which is okay. a, a little bit of a trick. Um, yeah,
1: they almost sounded like nylon. And the solo is is beautiful. And you're doing these sporadic ooze and and kind of. It almost sounds like singing, but they're not words. You're, you're doing mm. some some melodies that are kind of floating in and around this solo and again was uh, was the solo laid down first or was the vocals and when you were doing the vocals were they just do you remember if it was just kind of what you were feeling that came out or did you have to think about it a lot
0: so so for the
2: bridge section that guitar idea was definitely the the fundamental idea so another great uh, uk artist leanne Lahavis. Le potentially you might know of her <laughs> She just released an album around the time I was writing this song, and so I had a lot of that in my ears. And it was she uses a lot of nylon string uh, guitar, and so for this section, I really wanted to make a lot out of that. And I took this very specific layering approach, and I wanted to make the most out of uh, these nylon guitar ideas. And then, so, so you have this uh, melody almost inbuilt into the guitar part already, which is. Uh, you mentioned earlier it's, it's very easy to try to just want to sing what you're playing on the guitar. So it was actually quite tricky to um, to build this section because the guitar part is so involved already. But yeah, so I, I played the the layers, and then I thought this section. What does this section need? This section needs a guitar solo.
1: <laughs> Who played the solo? Me. Oh,
2: <laughs>
1: you keep flooring me. You keep you keep steamrolling me here. That that solo is just. It's awesome, that solo Thank is you. is so good, so good,
2: yeah well to i i think um so this idea of having super thin gauge strings on an acoustic guitar is something not a lot some some people tend to look down on it, i think because I guess there's a notion of acoustic guitar being super like rich and full sounding but um it's a really unique tone, and it was actually an accident. Um, and I think that you know, putting uh, thin strings on on my acoustic, uh, and I well, think that's it allowed me to get that those ideas and that tone out in that solo. And I I I am really happy with how it turned out. So um, it's yeah. it's
1: remarkable. And, and and thanks for deflating me as a guitar player, Rosie. I'm gonna have to go <laughs> practice for the rest of my life now. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that solo is fantastic. I love it. Thank you and so I, much. I, Thank I you. didn't I didn't know from talking earlier that I, I, you were talking about different musicians that you uh, go to school with. I thought I just I don't know why yeah, I so thought someone else someone else played that. I had seen you play <laughs> guitar, but none of the videos that I saw you were playing ripping a solo like that. That just uh mm-hmm. that's awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so I play all of the guitars and the ukuleles and the solos and the vocals and then everything else is um uh my my mates
1: <laughs> gotcha well we get into what i'm calling the bridge after the guitar solo i guess you could say this is a third verse but the but the melody here changes and it's uh i'm feeling like i'm running like i'm running from the other thinking maybe we could make some time to build and i want to talk about that that word to build and, and but i'm going to say the rest of the lyrics first i've been looking for a story looking for someone who can set me thinking maybe we could make our story real On that second line to build and on the fourth line, story real, you go to a low note. Your voice changes on those two words in the second verse and on the fourth line. Your voice changes. It goes to a lower register unlike anything else in the song you sing.
0: Like I'm running from my other.
1: And it's just such a cool, it's like, whoa, where did this come from? It's just such a neat thing. I mean, when I say low, it's completely lower than everything you're doing. Was that written like that or was that something you just thought of doing? That's really interesting.
2: Well, I I talked a bit earlier about melodies and um, I found it really difficult actually to come up with a melody for this section and I think... I was sort of riffing on it like we were talking, you know, earlier about, you know, ideas that we like, ideas we dislike. And yeah, this this was a part that took a little while to get right. And um, I it's think so
1: that, un- it's so unique to just all of a sudden have this different voice. And it's only on those four words on mm-hmm. line two on the two words and on line four on the two words.
2: Yeah, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't an, it wasn't like a thought about thing. But um, I think I just, I liked the the way the phrase uh, was built and how it started and ended. And I think I thought that that sort of matched the tone of the, um, of the lyrics as well there. So yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It's hard (laughs) to sing as well. I've been trying to play this song. You know,
1: it's a crazy move that you do there. You like go yeah. down an octave. It's really it's really different. Uh we go right into uh, chorus three, which this time the full band's in. You don't mimic the melody on this one. The band's just playing along, same same lyrics as uh the, the first two choruses. But then we come to an outro and the guitar, it's just guitar and you the vocals at the end, and there might be a keyboard behind there or mm. or guitar chords playing? Is that a keyboard?
2: Yeah, there's a keyboard and there's also electric guitar going on.
1: Yes, okay, it is a keyboard. And the guitar mimics that first line, even though I'm with you all the time. Uh, the guitar's doing the single notes there, and then you say everything I do. Yeah, you're always on my mind in every part of me. And the song just ends on me. The song ends like it starts with just your vocal, and it adds that just personal that, that thing, that flare, that touch.
0: Even though I'm with you all the time Everything I do Yet yeah, you always on my mind In every part of me
1: So was that always written like that? Or was it a double chorus? Or is that kind of how you had it in mind to end?
0: I think uh, I
2: definitely wanted to end with the chorus because going into the writing of this song i wanted the 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 poppier thing i had like a poppier sound in mind and so i I wanted a big sort of you know f off outro (laughs) and um Yeah. yeah and i think the the double chorus sort of made sense at that point because that you know that tends to be what what happens in in traditional pop song arrangements um but yeah i guess i i guess i also i had that similar um idea of like the song should end how it how it begun um well and it's in, not
1: even really yeah. a double chorus though because you don't get those last two lines in the na na na's in so you stop in every part of me it just stops there which is yeah. really cool
2: yeah i think it's just it's a guitar teacher of mine calls killing your darlings um so parts <laughs> of the music that you know i could i could have gone the whole way but it's like does it does it need? Does it need a full double chorus? Cause I mean, the chorus is like it's over 30 seconds long. So I didn't I didn't think it needed the whole thing there. And and yeah, I thought it uh, it was a, a cohesive way to end ending on on that phrase. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Well, listen, Rosie, I want to uh, we're going to wrap up here in a moment. I just want to thank you for taking the time. As I said, uh, my producer Chris and I get a number of emails weekly of uh, different uh Managers, publicists that want us to feature artists and uh, y- There was something about this track something about you that was just like wow and chris and I keep saying We want to get someone on here that we could say we had him first before the, oh, You know the man. whole the, the <laughs> whole world knows them and we we wish you nothing but the best is there anything that uh, you'd like to To plug at this point things you have coming up I know the new record bloom is set to be released and uh, let our listeners know what's going on uh, in your world
2: Oh, well, I mean Firstly, thank you again for having me on. It's re- it's really nice to talk about the the process with you, and you just you seem to know my mind quite well. So you have you have very very good ears. So thank you. Thank you. you.
1: Well, um, you have. Uh, I, I, thank you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess uh, to plug, I guess most obvious thing is the the album. So uh, I've got two singles out at the minute. So there's better days and think about you, which is the one we just talked about. Uh, and the album Bloom will be out roughly May or June time. Um, and I guess you can follow that process uh, on my Instagram or at my website, which is com. Yeah, but, but in the meantime, I guess, um, yeah, you could just check, you could check out the single. You could check out Think About You.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, everybody, check out the single. Check out uh, find, find Rosie online. And uh, as soon as we can get back out playing live shows, go and, go and check her out live. And, and when I'm back in the UK or wherever, if I see, you, see that you're playing, I'd love to come see you play and meet you.
2: Amazing. Yeah. I'd love to meet you too.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you Near the end of the show Here's a band you might not know Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know If you'd like your band to be considered for Chris to make a podcast All you have to do is submit your song and bio To bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com This week's featured artist is the Baltimore, Maryland alt-rock band Dosser Their debut album Brain Scan is a heavy and exciting take on 90s grunge and alternative music You can find them on Facebook and Instagram And you can find their music on all the streaming services Here's a snippet of their song Kong Lao.
0: Chris and Chris.
3: So you and I were just laughing about the fact that Rosie is so good that we hope that her music isn't so good that it goes over people's heads. I think there's still enough of a pop <laughs> sensibility there that I'm hopeful that she's going to be this enormous artist, but she's so good that sometimes that goes over people's heads, and I hope that doesn't happen.
1: You know, uh, I, I completely agree 100%, and I'm so glad that when we first started this podcast, Chris, you were the one that said, you know what? We have to take a chance on on some artists that uh, you know are, are unknown, uh, and Sierra Sellers was the first one. Uh, Pittsburgh artist that we had on that we think is fantastic. She is fantastic, and now Rosie and I can't believe. And I, I was careful. (laughs) So I remember when I was younger, people would comment about your age. You couldn't possibly be this good at your age. But she's just light years in maturity beyond beyond her years. She's just uh, the 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 her craft is insane. And when she told me she did that guitar solo, I I almost fell out of the chair.
3: Age aside. Talk about how far she is into her, her music career. Because the thing about age is that everybody's coming at it from a different perspective. Like some people grew up, like Rosie did, in a musical household. So they may have had an instrument in their hand from the time they're four years old or be writing songs from the time they're six. And then other people might not pick up a guitar till they're 20. But even age aside, the standard way of progressing as a musician and a songwriter is is to start in your early years with simple songs, simple chord progressions, yes. normal pop melodies, basic musicianship. Uh, but to see someone at the beginning already pushing the envelope in the ways that you might do later in your career is really inspiring.
1: Yeah, that's you. You hit it in a nutshell. That's exactly what it is. Is you, you would think that. And and there has been artists where they're I mentioned in the episode where they're late teens, early twenties, they'll do this bubblegum pop record and you know, then they'll find their voice and find who they are and, and they'll gain influences as they as they get older and they'll make that jazzy, you know, contemporary record when they're thirty five, forty. Not her. She started right out of the gate. I mean, this stuff is is, is very advanced and just uh, you know, it didn't surprise me once we started getting into it. Where she kept saying, "No, I played that part." I did. She's the vision behind this. This is all, all in her head that that's pouring out. It's 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 amazing.
3: I laughed when you said, "I'm going to go have to pra- I'm going to have to go practice for the rest of my life now." After she said she played the guitar solo, and uh, isn't it wild when you see young people who are so good at an instrument that it just makes you want to quit? Now, granted, Rosie, she's 21, so. She's young, but it's not like she's 12 or something. She's a full grown adult. But I know I've watched videos online of, like, six-year-olds playing drums and bass and stuff, and they're already so much better than me. And uh, how deflating is that when you see that, you know? Uh, for the
1: listeners, uh, check out the, her stuff on YouTube. Check out her playing guitar live. It is just mind-blowing. Yeah. I mentioned that early on in the episode of just her hand is is playing a, a counterpart to what what she's singing and how how her she can split her brain and do that. It's just... It's unreal and and you know, she comes from a musical household, which that is just in and of itself, it it, it resonates with me because I do too. And I had, I had said to her, which is funny. I often wondered, where does it start? You know, if my parents didn't have musicality, did it start with me that I'm going to pass on? It has to start somewhere. And, you know, maybe your great, great, great grandfather had musical capabilities, but it skipped a couple generations. It's it's definitely it's it's hereditary. And the fact that she could speak to her father in musical terms and convey to him, this is what I'm hearing on the drums. And her dad could spit it back out and play it It is really, really neat.
3: Hey, and you're not going to find someone in the world with less knowledge of jazz than me, (laughs) Uh, which is why I think I can listen to an artist like Rosie, and it just sounds so extra unique and interesting to me, is that she's taking inspiration from so many artists and styles that are alien to me. You can't really pinpoint it. Like I said, there's elements of pop
1: here. There's elements of soul. There's elements of jazz, but it's it's just kind of it's so well rolled into one that you just can't say, oh, well, that's the pop part of the jazz part. It, it just it meshes together. And she even mentioned that that her training and her schooling, uh, you know, taking jazz courses has now it, 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 she doesn't even think about it. It just infiltrates everything that she
3: writes. Hey, a couple other things I wanted to touch on in this episode. One thing I always think about how impressed everyone is about people who can sing really high. Like, think about Justin from The Darkness or people like that. Who Who are some of the highest singers that you could think of, Chris? You listen to hair metal, so you definitely oh, got to know something.
1: I mean, you know, you got Rob Halford. You had Jeff Tate from Queensrÿche back in the day. Uh, you know, um, Mike yeah. from this band Steel Heart, which you played a clip from them. I mean, these guys were yeah, yeah, yeah. these guys were hitting notes that only dogs but, could hear.
3: But. What people don't often talk about, Chris, is how difficult it is to sing low. I know you were talking about a part where Rosie went lower, but that just spawned this whole other way of thinking. Uh, My voice personally sits at like nicely in like a higher range, uh, but I struggle with pitch when I go low and singing low is an art in itself that people I don't think think about a lot.
1: It's, you know, it's, it's hard to have pitch low and uh, typically a lot of times it's hard because you don't practice in that range and practice, you you practice makes your pitch, pitch good. And those two notes that she hits uh, and those lines in the song, it was such, it it, it almost feels like it shouldn't work, but again, it it just, it just does. And she was kind of almost oblivious to it like, well, yeah, you know, (laughs) it's just something I did, but it's, it's genius. It just, it's so cool.
3: Yeah, all these elements like you said they just come natural to her. I mean, she's a classically trained musician who grew up in a musical household who's writing music that is very uh ahead of her age, I guess is is the best way to put it. I don't know if that's even the way to put it cuz you could you could live to be 80 and not write the stuff that Rosie's writing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh One other thing that I thought was really funny, (laughs) this is just a a little funny thing I made a note of, I was like, oh my God, that's so funny, is I laughed when she said that, the song started as a voice note in her phone titled slow jam <laughs> because I can't tell you how many voice memos and logic sessions I have that are called slow jam. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I'm on slow jam 56 <laughs> in logic right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. My, my, uh, voice memo song titles are hilarious, uh, in and of themselves. Like I, I completely relate with that. I just, I'm, I'm really happy and I got to, uh, Tip of the hat to you, Chris, for just pushing to take some chances on some lesser known artists. And I think that's a really cool cool angle to what we're doing here because it's it's not all about the people that I know or the songs that we have 30 years of memories attached to. Sometimes it's about giving someone that deserves it a chance. And she and Rosie is amazing.
3: How cool is it going to be in like three years when, when Rosie Freighter-Taylor is this giant artist uh, and we're like, hey, we had her on the podcast when she was like 21 years old releasing uh, you know, her first singles. So, yeah. hey, man. And I'm, all, I'm knocking on a tour bus going, we, we, can I get tickets to your show? You don't remember me? I'm Krista I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. makes a podcast. Who? Click. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rosie, you owe us coming back on the podcast when you uh, sell a million albums. So, there you go. Yeah, hell yeah.
1: Speaking of owing, Chris, we owe the listeners of the podcast a million thanks for the continual support of our monthly fundraisers over at com.
3: Our listeners are the best, man. They really are. <laughs> I don't just say that because there are listeners. I really think that everyone's really cool. And you have no
1: idea, each and every one of you. Thank you so much for your generosity. We get these emails from from the fundraisers each month, and they just thank us so much. Which in turn, we have to thank you because you're the ones on uh, contributing and, and giving the money uh, to, to help out these organizations. So thank you so much. Uh, our fundraiser for May is the Cure LGMD2I Foundation. Limb Girdle Muscular Dystrophy Type 2I is a progressively debilitating disease. And the foundation provides funding for research programs to establish a treatment for this disease. So please head over to Christomakes A Difference dot com and give whatever you can. Uh thank you so much for for helping us out.
3: Yeah, man. LGM D2I is a rare form of muscular dystrophy. And they are continually searching for a cure for this. And if you can go to Chris to dot com, pitch in a buck, pitch in two, pitch in twenty, pitch in a hundred if you can afford to. And uh It's all going to help. It all goes to a good cause. It's KristaMakesADifference.com, and you guys are awesome every month, for real.
1: That's right. And if you have any money left in that wallet for the price of a cup of coffee, you could join our VIP program, which is called Supporting Cast, and join Chris and I for the After Party, which is bonus episodes each week that you could listen to. Uh, it's 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 awesome. Head over to christamakes.com. You can find out all the information. There's different tiers, different levels, and uh, we got some new cool merch coming out you can get discounts on and all kinds of other uh, cool surprises coming up.
3: Yeah, so many people said to me, hey, man, one episode of Krista Makes a Podcast each week is not enough. And we finally listened. All these episodes later, we're like, okay, we'll do this VIP program. You know, and if you want to see this podcast, keep going and keep seeing us getting these awesome guests. You can help us out over at kristamakes.com.
1: Heck yeah, thanks to everybody who's joined so far, and make sure you join the Krista Podcast Facebook group, because uh, that is where you can give us feedback on what you'd like to see uh, moving forward with Supporting Cast, the VIP program. Uh, I want to thank Rosie Frader taylor for being this week's guest. Her new album, Bloom, comes out on June 4th, so be sure to check that out. You can also pick it up on Limited Edition Vinyl over at rosiefreighter And we will see you next
3: week.
0: Hello
3: out there. Yes, rock, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz, and I'm Flynn McLean. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen.
2: Bruce and the E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our biweekly episodes.
3: We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist. Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's magazine founder, Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Numbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further the up the road.
0: Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!
3: Hey, you. Do you
1: have any plans this year? (laughs) How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman.